This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Warby Parker. Stylish eyeglass and sunglasses sent right to you. And if you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, you can get five pairs of frames sent to your house. So you can choose the one you like and look the most stylish. That is warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. I always try and say it Warby. So it's clear that it's spelled W A R. Yeah. Because I've I sometimes worry if I say Warby, it'll be like W O R. Or they'll think that it's like about war. Yeah. It's. We <laughs> go to Warby Warby Parker. War don't by worry, Parker. Don't worry, everyone. It's not a military thing. <laughs> you go to it's war dot glasses. mill. No one uses dot mill. Top websites with mill. You got the the top one. Army dot mill. Yep. Navy dot mill. DFAS.mil and AF.mil. That's Air Force, Chris. Oh. That's as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's like so that, you know, the, the, uh, the different other military branches can register subdomains right, uh, to right. market to yeah. millennials. Army.af.mil. It's May 11th, 2017. And this is Important If True. From Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, hey welcome to this podcast. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> it's been a while. More specifically, welcome back, Chris. Yeah, thanks. I've been gone for two weeks. Not that you'd Not know. That no one knew, though. Yeah. I can tell because you seem <clears throat> chipper and full of discussion topics. <laughs> Do I? I can't tell. I genuinely can't tell. Yeah. I feel you like, look you're like trying to you're trying to subtly tank the opening of this podcast. <laughs> no, no, by no. By continuing no. to insert dumps into it. No, I, I, Chris, I would never insert dumps. Okay, that's fair enough. Only dumps. Only dumps. Only dumps. Dumps only. Yeah. <sighs> All right. How are you doing, Nick? Uh, I'm doing great. My Is that true? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> You cracked a rib? Uh, yeah, or bruised, cracked. It doesn't seem to, there's no difference, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. You From can't really, You can't really tell. Or, I, so I, the other thing I did is I went to the gym, which apparently is just where I go to die. <laughs> I apparently, dropped, I, dro- <laughs> I either coughed or I got too huge. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped barbells on my chest. That could have been it. Yeah. But also, I coughed a few times. I mean, I, I went back after having been sick for two weeks. And sort of over enthusiastically, I thought I'll just do what I was doing before I was sick right. for two weeks. Yeah. Left the gym and I felt fine for about two days. Yeah. And now that's just been replaced by an intense pain in mm. my chest that, like, but then the cough that I have from my current illness still exists. Mm-hmm. And so about midnight, when my body just decides to turn into a disaster, the cough now creates a spike of pain from the cracked rib that is just like this it's just it's basically i feel like i'm never going to be not ill because i feel like each new thing will cause another thing to degrade in my system and then i'll just eventually die (laughs) i mean that that is that's that's true true. yeah that's not (laughs) untrue yeah i also went to the gym yesterday after after having been on vacation for two weeks and decided to just carry on as though nothing had happened. And, and I don't have any broken ribs, I don't think. But I do, my entire body is just in pain now. Yeah. It's, yesterday I felt great. After, I'm like, wow, that was fine. 
That was totally easy. No big deal. And then I woke up this morning and I just, it's a disaster. Yeah. There's always a delay. There's like that time yeah. where you I, think, oh, I feel, I, I, I did, I it? did it. Like yeah. I, account, this is perfect. I, I went to the gym, I knocked it out. Mm-hmm. And then your body's like, oh no, no. What did you do? You idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As if it just wasn't there in the first place. Yes. To notice. Yep. Yeah. It's bad. And now I'm back to do a podcast. Cool. And we were downstairs before we were doing the podcast and I found myself like reading this box of Triscuits <laughs> and there's <laughs> okay an important insight into the prep for every important true episode yeah. well uh, I, I realized just... I've seen the like recipe on this Triscuit box a ton of times but I've never it never occurred to me how stupid you never it is. absorbed it so the name fully. of the the name of the recipe is veggie paninis and paninis uh-huh. is in quotes. Okay. It's in like scare quotes. That's because they're Triscuits. To suggest that this is, we <laughs> all know. Spoiler. We all know. This is yeah. a fucking panini. And it, then it also, it further occurred to me, this isn't really important necessarily. But it's But I true. realized that they said paninis. And then I thought, well, panini is probably a plural itself. Because it ends in an I and it's mm. Italian. Yeah. So I think panino <laughs> might be. I think it's the singular. Veggie Panino is a <laughs> fucking character. God, yeah. You know what you need to do? That's why it's in the air quotes. Somebody needs to write into Triscuits, point that out, and then we need to come back a year from now and find the box in the correction. God, I, I, feel they, like, I feel like we could start a campaign to get them like, to change it to Panino. Look, look Triscuit, this should be Veggie Paninos. I know you put the quote. The quote. Well, no, I mean, it could be Veggie Panino no. to make one of them. No. Or ve- it's, it should be Veggie Panino, apostrophe S's, Veggie quote Paninis. <laughs> okay, God, you know what sorry. they're going to do? They're just going to make it Paninos. Let's, because, like, no, yes. Totinos. The way like, that this, the full post-correction version of this shitty panini recipe on the Triscuit box should be, quote, veggie paninos, because it's obviously a, a guy named Veggie Paninos, but his nickname is Veggie. Yeah. Right. And then it's his veggie, quote, paninis. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, ah, it's because it's on a Triscuit. And, you know, that's it. So I Take it from me. <laughs> veggie, veggie paninos. <laughs> No, he do, he doesn't have the S. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, his name is Veggie Panino. Yeah, it's right. his or his. Well, it's Veggie, veggie, veggie Panino. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, sorry. Veggie Panino's apostrophe at the end. Yeah. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on from that. That isn't actually the thing of, about this that I was notable to me, although uh-huh. clearly we figured out the actual source of this recipe. Um, the thing that was sort of notable to me when I looked at it is one, this is like ostensibly a recipe. Like this is described as a recipe. In other words, something that you like follow instructions to create and like accrue ingredients and then assemble in some kind of culinary fashion. And it says what you'll need Four deli-styled mozzarella cheese slices cut into nine pieces each. That is so specific. Like, yeah. what you'll need is some cheese. Sorry, like, you're actually summoning the demon of Veggie Panino. <laughs> <laughs> with this. You'll also need chicken's blood and his favorite food, Triscuits. Yeah. Brand so, crackers. So already this was like, this is really weirdly ambitious <laughs> given the fact that like, you're just putting some shit on a Triscuit, right? Like, that's yeah. the entire recipe. Anyway, four deli-style mozzarella cheese slices cut into nine pieces each, okay? 36 Triscuit original crackers. 
again, pretty sure that could just be the number of Triscuits you want. Mm-hmm. Like, just some some Triscuits. No. The Triscuits in this box. The only reason I point all that out is because the next two ingredients are one small zucchini cut into 18 slices, <laughs> grilled, and 18 thin roasted red pepper strips. Who the fuck who is following the recipe for veggie quote paninis on the back of the Triscuit box is going to buy a zucchini, cut it into 18 slices, and then grill it? You're so upset by this. What the hell? <laughs> That's not even part of it. They don't even include the, the instructions of how to grill the zucchini in the recipe. What? Who is like gonna? Who is handy in the kitchen and like grilling zucchini? Who's even consuming zucchini recreationally? Who's like I definitely am gonna consult the Triscuit Corporation to make to concoct this recipe. Let me just get my 18 sliced grilled small zucchinis. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, zucchini. There's another plural I. That's, that's unrelated. Oh, to that's from grill zucchino. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just saw this in the sort of like um, th- there's like a level of presumptuousness. I feel yeah. displayed by the author of this recipe that is. Well, what's the final step? Well, then it just so then it says put them together. Yeah, I mean, eat it. (laughs) Shove it in your face. You have to press them in a panini press. That's my question. I was getting at this because a panini, by definition, is a pressed sandwich. So it's but they're using a trisket. Yeah, it's well. That's why it's in quotes. The um, the idea of veggie paninos paninis actually reminds me of an email that a reader sent in because because what it actually reminds me of if we have paninos paninis. I feel like we're getting very, very close to Wetzel's Pretzel's territory. Okay. And there is some... In- as discussed on, I don't know, two episodes ago, maybe? As just w- Wetzel, Wetzel, the founder of Wetzel's Pretzels, uh, Important If True reader Danny writes in, Hi, Important If True. I was just listening to the discussion in episode nine about Wetzel's Pretzels, during which Chris expressed disbelief in the idea that a guy named Wetzel just happened to become interested in pretzels independently of his name, which is the cited story yeah. of Wetzel's yeah, Pretzels. Yeah, bullshit. Um, you may be interested to hear that there is research that suggests there may have been a link between his name and his chosen profession. Research? In 2002, a paper... <laughs> I call bullshit already. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay. In 2002, a paper in the journal... A paper. In the Journal of Attributes this and is, Social uh, Cognition. Is, I guarantee this paper is going to d- deserve to be called a paper the same way this fucking thing deserves to be called a panini. No way, this is good. You'll enjoy this. Okay. You're being very skeptical. I am. Who knows how truly vetted this study is, but I sure. it's peer, already walking back from it, I see. <laughs> okay. Here's a, a 2002 paper in the Journal of Attributes and Social Cognition found that people with names like Dennis are more likely statistically to end up working as dentists than people with other <laughs> oh names. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Well, people. Well, people with names. Everything. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> well, people with names like Lauren are more likely to be lawyers. No. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Other studies found that this applies to where you live. People named Virginia and Georgia are thirty-six percent more likely to live in Virginia and Georgia. Fuck you. While people that, named I, Lewis I, are yeah. more likely to live in St. Louis. <laughs> this is so lame. That is not quite the same because that's like if you're born in Virginia, your parents might yeah. Have yeah. You after they just your love state. your yes, state. Yes, but. 
uh, I think that it also may apply. Not that that makes it may apply to, any less land. Yeah, no, and no. It, it also gets into things like uh, the date of your birthday is like people are drawn to numbers that relate to numbers related to them, and it's all sort of about just wow self positive reinforcement and sort of like in a weird latent way. But so the idea that Wetzel, by being named. <laughs> Wetzel. God. So the idea that someone uh, named Veggie Panino may have, in fact, been drawn to create the recipe for veggie, veggie paninis academically sound. God, That's that outrageous. is incredible. People named Dennis or Denise overrepresented among dentists. Yes. Incredible. That's so lame. People are disproportionately likely to live in cities whose names begin with their birthday numbers. For example, Two Harbors, Minnesota. So if they were born in, like, February. That's what? ridiculous. We live in a computer simulation. It's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although I don't know why you would code that behavior or, into your yeah. <laughs> simulation. So for some reason, it's saving memory somewhere. Yeah. But the I, I guess the hypothesis is that this is implicit egotism in life decisions. Yes. It's Ah, that is so weird. Now I want to know what all of my... Our, like, mm. stupid, stupid, self-obsessed bullshit is yeah. with our names. That is fascinating. Yeah. Also, just to sort of put a capper on the Triscuit <laughs> thing, uh, I just noticed just now, I turned the box 90 degrees, and on the side of the box... It says, Triscuit Remo loves these. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's there's a there's an there's an alternative recipe here, which I feel like is much more in the spirit of Triscuits and anyone looking to create a like a recipe from Triscuits. Throw the Triscuits in your <laughs> mouth, then pour the Triscuit dust from the bottom of the bag down your throat, then go to sleep. You did not eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me before this podcast. Uh, step one: spread on garlic and herb cheese to. Top with halved cherry tomatoes. Three, garnish with parsley. Which, step three, I'm going to say, is just, a, like, I think a face-saving exercise here <laughs> to disguise the fact Make that look presentable that you smeared cheese on a cracker. Yeah, there's not, that isn't, no one, we all know no one garnishes with parsley on a Triscuit, ever. Anyway, if you've ever grilled a zucchini cut into 18 slices uh on a veggie panini Triscuit, I want to hear about it because um, I don't believe you. Unless you're, you know, your name is Veggie or whatever. Your name is Veggie. Your panino. name is Zucchino or some bullshit, yeah. whatever. The hell. Then you really love them. Mm-hmm. Shall we read a, a reader mail here? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, These Triscuits are out of date. Oh fuck. <laughs> in the trash. Yeah. Well, I, they're in me now, so that's accurate enough. Oh, sorry. That recipe was recalled. <laughs> <laughs> It was impossible to make. The FDA, has, the FDA has determined 16 uh, slices of zucchini, much more appropriate. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Dustin writes, Dear Important If True, I was recently on a solo trip to a remote cabin in the woods of Finland, an expedition I was ill-prepared for. The cabin had no running water or electricity attributes that attracted me to the location. My goal was to escape humanity for a few days and take some time out of life to think. This was quickly forgotten, however, as I arrived in the middle of a snowstorm. I was expecting it to be warmer at the start of May. 
To my dismay, the fireplace and candles did not provide as much illumination as I had anticipated. I carry a pretty decent flashlight with me and proceeded to cook some semblance of dinner with the flashlight ditched, clutched between my teeth. The flashlight, a Thrunite T12, has several different brightness modes, the highest pumping out more than 1,000 lumens. Jesus. I carry it with me at night through the city as a self-defense tool. A blast to the face of 1,000 lumens will blind anyone for a few moments. As a first-time solo camper, I made multiple newbie mistakes. Before going to bed, I blew out all the candles in the cabin, leaving only the fire to illuminate the room and keep me warm. I woke in the middle of the night, freezing. I opened my eyes to pitch black darkness. It was as though I hadn't opened my eyes at all, and it was extremely disorienting. Terrified, I reached for my flashlight and clicked it on, forgetting that I set it to self-defense mode before going to sleep should anyone or anything break down my door. The bright and brilliant light instantly blinded me. My first and immediate thought upon being blinded by my own flashlight? Hoisted. (laughs) (laughs) Are there times you set out on an expedition woefully unprepared? Alternatively, what are some times you drove yourself nuts imagining your own horror movie? I kept thinking about looking over the cabin window and seeing some dark figure staring in at me. I found a firewood chopping axe outside the cabin and set it next to my bed just in case. Best wishes, Dustin in Berlin. I also, I appreciate... being sent an email about a self-hoisting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. good. I mean, I guess all hoistings <laughs> are self-hoistings. No. No. Yeah. No. You're hoisted... I guess, yes. Yeah. Hoisted by your own petard. It has purchase because one would imagine you would be hoisted by someone else. Yeah, but if... Yeah. But... Mm. But in those moments where you hoist yourself... You just say It hoisted. is especially, especially shameful. Yeah. 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 I hoisted myself, for instance, when I ate these expired Triscuits <laughs> without properly preparing the veggie panini. Yeah, you see, people, Then at least some percentage of the food I ate would not have been expired. People right. traditionally make veggie, quote, paninis out of expired Triscuits to sort of hide that they've gone stale <laughs> when, they ha- when they have guests. Yeah. Um, yeah, one time I, I embarked on an expedition for which I was woefully under, unprepared, which was attempting to record this podcast. <laughs> uh, I had one box of expired Triscuits. Yeah. I, yeah uh, and no veggie paninis. That email reminds me of a time that um, I tried to meet my parents in West Virginia uh-huh. uh, to go <clears throat> skiing at the largest ski mountain in West Virginia, which... Uh, is I think basically like smack dab in the middle of the most mountainous region of West Virginia. Oh man! And I had never been to West Virginia. It's a state that you can just kind of easily skirt around if you're on the East Coast trying to get west. Um, like none of the interstates really run through West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But I was living in Maryland at the time, and so I got off of work. So this was not long ago. Yeah, it was like four or five years ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I got off of work at like nine o'clock. Like PM? really late. Wow, okay. And uh, But I had to meet them because it was a weekend trip. And mm-hmm. so I thought, all right, I guess I'm just going to do this. Yeah. How hard can it be to just drive through West Virginia? I've got my modern phone that has a GPS on it. Right. Um, clearly, I'll be totally set. I'll just enter in this ski mountain in the middle of West Virginia. Okay. <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible idea to depend upon a GPS when you're driving into the most mountainous region on the East Coast, uh, instantly I lost all reception on my phone. Of course. Um, as it would sort of like come back occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was only long enough to just get text messages from my family saying like, are you okay? Are you lost? Like, where are you? Uh, eventually my phone battery just completely died. There was a point oh, where I was driving along this twisting road 
that the speed limit was like 70 miles an hour. So I was trying to oh, do that God. because there were all of these like pickup trucks yeah. that were behind me. And this was like midnight. Oh. Packed to the hilt with killers. <laughs> well, Murderers. Yeah. No, I was like, God, these guys are going like 80 miles an hour. If I do 60, there's no way for them to pass me because it's all winding turns. They're just going to get pissed. And like, murder you. Well, yeah, I don't know. So I, You're going to pull I'm over doing... to let them go by. They're going to drive past you. Then they're just going to back right the fuck up. Yeah, and you're going to get cre- Zodiac. Gonna, I mean, yeah, it's going to totally be a Zodiac situation. They're going to creepily drive by you and then... Stop and slowly back up and then hoisted. Right. So I'm I'm like, well, I've got to go 80 to get away from them and to, like, keep pace. And so I'm doing, like, 80 with oh no GPS. God. This is actually Down stressing this. me out. Oh, to, oh, to no guardrails. Uh, and occasionally my, 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 my uh, headlights, I would sort of, like, see, like, they would illuminate just enough past the road to yeah. see that there was just a cliff down just and no, no guardrails just nothing yeah. just a cliff in like a thousand trees that would just instantly impale me yeah. if i like spiraled off into the wilderness so i'm driving and i make this turn uh that's like a fairly dicey turn and i'm doing like 60 and then there's a herd of deer just right oh in God. front of me wow uh i i don't think i actually like turned the wheel at all i just kept driving and i split what? i split two deer by the, I'm telling you, it was probably like a couple of inches. Wow! Uh, I can't believe between I've ever heard me this and I almost died. Like I actually almost died. So then, when I almost so died, so did those deer. I pulled over at this weird diner, and there were <laughs> all these people that were there at like midnight. Killers. There was a guy <laughs> playing the banjo. I mean, kind of. It was. They, they all looked at me like, "Oh, he's not from here." And and I was like, "Oh Christ!" And my phone doesn't work. And like I I. Hey I'm just, I pulled over for no reason. Yeah, and then I guess I have to just keep murderer? going. I kept sort of We're looking all at murderers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just hear the sort That's of mumbled conversation, <laughs> and then you just see on some guys left get hoisted. <laughs> <laughs> Looks so like, like we got a hoisting boy. <laughs> <laughs> this young fellow's looking to get hoisted. Hoist him, ain't you? Ain't you, Sonny? Yeah. So then I just <laughs> well. So then I kept driving. And my phone was completely dead at this point. I had keep, no way to just recharge keep it. Keep going, drive away, boy. So I basically <laughs> did. I just kept driving, and I thought, well, at some point, I'm gonna find a major interstate that will, sure you will. have to <laughs> have to have some kind of like general like east-west direction that I can like write myself. And at this point, it's like 1 a.m., and I'm thinking my parents probably think I'm dead. Uh, this is horrible. Like they're gonna like come not, out looking for they're me. Not wrong. And I it's so I, I finally find this like eight lane super highway in the middle of West Virginia, <laughs> but it's still just as rural as as rural as it was. Yeah. Like the landscape is just the same, but there's just like eight lanes. And now because it's one AM, there's nobody on it. Pick one. Pick one <laughs> so I get on this eight lane highway and it's I'm like, well shit, I don't there's n- there's n- like there are no off ramps there's nothing and i have to really use the bathroom i may as well just pull over and i pull over and i get out of the car and i look up and it's just like beautiful there are just like a thousand stars like it was actually the most amazing sky i've ever seen in my life it was just dead silent perfectly quiet and i just i was just sort of like appreciating like the wilderness and it was like a really beautiful moment and then i hear in the distance the rumbling of like 30 off-road vehicles <laughs> slowly oh approaching and then i hear hooting and hollering what? like what? Oh, it's all happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
system. <laughs> yeah, woo. So I'm like, oh fuck! It's <laughs> just get like back in the car. They're not chasing after you. There's no reason. Why I could. It was like you have to. Yeah, like hoist the Mars. Echoing off the mountains. I had no this idea where they hoisted himself. Like it sounded like it was coming from over there. We're gonna finish the job. It could have been, been coming from over there. Like I had no idea. <laughs> and so I just start just t- like it's uh, then I'm doing like 80 down this highway and I keep oh looking my at my rear mirror like oh my god where are they like what's gonna happen I'm like running low on gas I still can't contact my parents eventually I get in the vicinity of this ski mountain and I notice uh, is, I'm still probably like 30 miles away and it's just farms and like dense woods and I notice this car it's like 2am and I see this car coming at me and I'm like I think that's my dad. It's so, I, but there's no way for me to like flag him or anything without looking like insane or just like literally <laughs> chasing after him. And then I get to the ski mountain finally at like 3 a.m. and my mom's like, "Oh my god, I thought you were dead. Your father's out looking for you." And I'm like, "What? He's just out looking for me in West Virginia? He's gonna get <laughs> killed by all those people? <laughs> Where does he go? What?" And it was just, he didn't get back to like five. It was a disaster. And then he's like, I sent like 30 guys in trucks after you. <laughs> all of our friends rented ATVs at great expense and went all across the terrain. They were all driving 80 as fast as they tried to look everywhere. They, yeah. they were yelling, Nick, hoist, it, hoist him. They were yelling, hoist him. Hoist him, you know, like, just, you know, what I used to say to you as a child. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty. It was actually, it was actually very surviving. intense the more, I, the more I remember it. Yeah. And then we got there, and the ski mountain had no snow. And then there was like a, almost a, like a hurricane. I mean, it was just like a, a dozen tornadoes. So this is a true on hoisting. the top of a mountain. Yeah. The next day, we were literally like hiding under tables and shit. It was the worst vacation I've ever. Anyway, in, in juxtaposition uh, to your <laughs> amazing vacation, Chris. Yeah. Enjoy the story of my getting owned. Man, I got I got totally um, nearly hoisted in a car. Well, actually, a number of times. I would say I would say that the the expedition for which I uh, was woefully underprepared was being an adolescent with access to a car. <laughs> I would say that I would say that yeah. that put me in more <clears throat> completely self hoisted situations than should have allowed me to to make it to adulthood. <laughs> Definitely. What what did you do with your car? Uh, I was just incredibly irresponsible and <laughs> with my friend. It was just my friends and I were terrible. But uh, this this example, which I just comes to mind because it reminds me of a sort of different angle on yours, was actually one time running. we all rented ATVs. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't driving in this instance. This was um, uh, my friend Tyler and his like Toyota Forerunner or whatever. He had this like ancient Forerunner uh, that we would all drive around in and. Um, and I was in the back seat with my friend Kyle, and I had an acoustic guitar, and we would drive. We we and then our friend Scott, I believe, was in the front seat, uh, passenger seat, and we just all be driving around San Diego, where I where I grew up, and uh, we would stop at stoplights. This was just a, one particular night. We'd stop at stoplights next to the car, and we would roll our window down, and then uh, <sighs> I would I would play the guitar, and then Kyle and I would like sing, would, like serenade people <laughs> uh, in the car. Because we were, we thought this was hilarious. Because right. that's what you, that's the kind of it bullshit that a certain idiot thinks is funny. <laughs> um, and uh, and so at one point we are, we're at a red light, and we have the windows down, and we're like 
serenading uh-huh. the people in in the car to our right, and uh, they roll their windows down, and it's these like huge dudes, and they're like, "What? What the fuck is this?" And we're like, "Oh, <laughs> haha!" Like, boop boo. Like, <laughs> we are but humble teen nerds, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Fuck you!" And we're like, "Oh, what? Oh no." That's fine. And then one of them got out of his car. Oh, shit. Yeah. Walked over to the driver's side window and just punched it <laughs> as hard as he could. And we heard this like crunch. And we're like, oh, no, shit. And so Tyler just like slams on the gas, like runs the red light from out from the <clears> thing. <throat> they get back in their car and take off after us. Oh, man. As fast as they can. Oh, my yeah. God. So we're just like driving through the streets of of San Diego pursued by a bear <laughs> pursued by bear yeah <laughs> definitely hoisted yeah um and uh it was it was intense it was probably half an hour we like at one point we like turned into a parking lot it was late at night we always were out like late at night it was probably i don't know midnight maybe 1 i don't know <sighs> and uh we pulled into a um you know, San Diego has a lot of like just outdoor shopping centers. So we pull into one of those and we try and like evade like them. There aren't off. that many yeah. cars in because it's really late at night. So there's like smatterings of cars. Mm-hmm. So there's not, you know, we didn't think there was going to be a huge risk of like hitting a car, except they then caught on to what we were doing and forked off of where we were going and cut us off directly at the end of a lane to the point that we almost T-boned them like in the the side of their yeah. car. So we get out of here. So you're just we, in the Blues Brothers at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we called 911 and we're we're there on the phone with Jesus. The, yeah, with the 911 dispatcher and we're <clears> like <throat> this is crazy. Like what like what do we do? And they're like, "Well, have they harmed you?" And they're like we're like, "Well, they hit our car." They're like, "Well, have any of you been injured?" We're like, "No." And they're like, "Well, we can't there's not really anything we can do specifically about this right now. There aren't any. The fact that the guy got out of his car I and know, punched your I car know, that chased you. They're like, there aren't, there aren't any officers <clears throat> in in your area right now. And oh, we're, like, we're yeah. like, what? Please hold. Yeah. 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 And and we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. And and so uh, we were like keeping them on the line. And they're like, well, let us know if anything happens. And we're like, like, can we give you the license plate number? It turns out the license plate of their car, it was a stolen car. Uh, that we that they were in, and that fact notwithstanding, they still were unwilling to send. Like, <laughs> we found a stolen car. Yeah, I like a guy in a stolen car you. is chasing us aggressively. Yeah, <clears throat> irrelevant. Yeah, they. We were eventually. Uh, <laughs> we saw a bloody murder weapon in the uh, front seat of the car. Nah, it's fine. Yeah. Like, wh- uh, have they Have they attacked you with the bloody murder right, weapon? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were eventually able to lose them by doing an illegal U-turn at a red light. And, like, just immediately taking a turn after that. And then they lost us. And you know the fucked up thing? We, from from there, drove to the jack-in-the-box that we all used to hang out at <laughs> all the time. And, because, again. And uh, in the same little center as the jack-in-the-box was a 7-Eleven. And I swear to God, parked <laughs> in the parking lot of that 7-Eleven yeah. were Three squad cars yep. with cops all sitting around. I shit you not eating donuts. <laughs> and they all turned to you and said, looks like you done hoisted. Yeah. <laughs> went, oh. 
yeah, yeah. it was too stupid for words. That's amazing. Um, so that was one of our nights. We had a lot of stupid nights in cars <laughs> as teens. <laughs> you guys want to take a break? Uh-huh. Let's All do right. it. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Hmm. Yeah, Quip. I've heard of them from a podcast. I know you have. They make really nice, just very compact, very straightforwardly designed uh, and effective electric toothbrushes. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get your first brush head refill uh, for $10 off. That'll, I mean, that'll just take it, that'll make it $0. Um, It's great. They send you new brush head refills every three months. You don't end up with that frayed, flayed, pooched uh, electric toothbrush brush head. It's not frayed. It's not flayed. It's not pooched. Mm Mm-mm. Not not with the refill. I just got back from a two-week trip with my Quip toothbrush, and it was really nice to be able to uh, have an electric toothbrush that is so compact. Get home and throw the shit out of that brush head. Yeah. Just throw it right in the Slam trash. Slam a new brush head right Slam in there. Slam it in there. Yeah. And I always feel weird using my toothbrush like if I take it on a trip, mm-hmm. and then I come home, and I don't have another toothbrush to, like, change out it's the only time i'm like cognizant of the fact that i've used because well, you got those weird like foreign germs what does that mean no, no no it's the only time i think about how like oh i've been using this toothbrush for like two weeks it's kind of gross time now for you well how often do you replace your toothbrushes i'm just saying that's probably a toothbrush that i was using originally oh this now just, i'm home this just, it's right. it's gone the distance with me i see eh, maybe yeah. yeah yeah well fortunately with quip they've they've got that refill schedule locked in mm-hmm. so no matter what kind of weird tricks your brain is playing on you you know that when it's time to swap out that brush head for a nice pristine unpooched one it'll it. be in the mail yeah. for you be there waiting for you, maybe. It, will, it may, may well be waiting for you when you get home, yeah. If you go to triquip.com slash thumbs, you can get that $10 off your first brush head or refill. We also have a shout-out this week. Yay. This, Yeah. This, <laughs> this, it is. It is a joyful occasion. Because no, shout-outs are good. Because this comes on behalf of Rhino Ride 2017, a fundraiser for the conservation of Africa's most endangered animal. Rhinos. It's rhinos. You got it. Nailed nice. it. Got Nailed it in one. In one. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a cool thing. There's a former safari guide, Mike Meyer, who is biking down the Pacific coast from Canada to Mexico with a 300-pound rhino statue. Yeah, a good a good novelty thing to carry around behind you on a bicycle, I guess. Yeah, that is hardcore. Uh, rhinos apparently are poached at an incredibly distressing rate that will make them uh, potentially extinct by 2030 if no one does anything about it. And so you can go to rhinoride.org and sponsor this wacky rhino statue ride. Yeah, you can sponsor um, by the mile, like a sort of classic race running sponsorship thing. You can sponsor at a fixed rate, or if you sponsor at, I think, $250 or up, um, you can enter a raffle to win a 12-day safari slash vacation through Southern Africa. Crazy. Because, I didn't realize it was that Yeah, because the intense. Rhino Ride is sponsored by um, a travel and safari agency called Piper and Heath. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So go to rhinoride.org. Uh, this seems like a totally good and uh, like admirable Aim the all the the dollars earned go directly to 
um, I think three different African conservation yeah, it's organizations. The, the Save the Rhino Trust, Care for the Wild Rhino Orphanage, and um, an education community education group in Kenya. So yeah. it's, it's all there's a lot more details about that on their website. I know whenever you hear that there's a charitable event, you, you want to find out what the heck it actually means. And mm-hmm. RhinoRide.org has a ton of info about it. There you go. Cool. All right. Thanks, Rhino Ride. Thanks, Rhino Ride. If you would like to. Uh, Put a shout out on this show, either personal or commercial. Find all the details at store.idlethumbs.net. Yeah. We'll promote your insane charitable thing where you cart a giant statue across the country, <laughs> or we'll do whatever. Who's to say? Or we'll just, uh, you know, dump on your friend. Yeah. Or, you know, on Nick, who's not here for this ad. That's true. He can't even hear this. How dare he? We are back. Hey. Hi. Hey, welcome back. Hi. You want to do some more email here? Yeah. Let's do it. Speaking of which, you can send us email uh, at questions at importantiftrue.com. If you have any questions about anything going on, if things are confusing you, if you need uh, some advice or perspective, uh, hit us up. Questions at importantiftrue.com. Here is some information from uh, reader Alex, who is uh, following up on our discussion of Cars, which at this point was a while ago, right? That was maybe episode two or something? Two or three, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, Alex writes, I was recently reading something that I think might be relevant to your collective interests. Specifically, it was what Jay Ward, creative director of Pixar's Cars franchise, had to say about the world of the films and how and why the titular cars came to be the only sentient entities on the planet. (laughs) Quote, Imagine in the near future when the cars keep getting smarter and smarter, one day they just go... Why do we need human beings anymore? They're just slowing us down. It's just extra weight. Let's get rid of them. End quote. In case you're wondering how each car has motivations, desires, fears, and complex interior lives like human beings do, he also claims that, quote, the car takes on the personality of the last person who drove it. Quote. And he also cared to touch on why in the films we'll, quote, never see the doors open. Quote. Another quote begins. Because the brain and the eyes are in there, we don't want anything falling out of the side. <laughs> End quote. I hope you guys find at least some of this concerning or interesting. I love the podcast, and I would endorse it a thousand times over. Regards, Alex. So, this the last person who drove it is that's implying that there's a that's implying that that car killed that person then. Yeah, yeah. and then what, stole its personality. If you were to typically in like a normal sentence or any kind of conversation be like, "Oh, you know, the last person to drive that car." You would just mean the most recent person right. who happens to have driven the yeah. final person. But this is like literally that person was ended and no more people also I mean also exist anywhere it was the person that car killed and took on its personality yeah so okay what a weird concept it's not a weird concept because we've talked about this on the podcast before we talked literally about self-driving cars Uh assuming the identities of humans though that's the part one step away from that I feel like this actually I don't remember what you're talking about okay we talked about self-driving cars that were learning from the behavior oh. of watching humans, where they would, oh. they would look, mm. um, God, what it was like. <laughs> so they're learn- also just learning all all of their behavior. Like, oh, he laughs at these types were, of jokes. Um, so. <laughs> that were looking at like this one's racist. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, I am. It racist. was like they were looking at like, is the human driving this car defensive or are they aggressive? Should I mm-hmm. slow down and defer to them, or should I not? Based on sort of like minute pieces of behavior, 
Uh, this one's the Pope. This one killed the Pope. Well, this one fucking consumed the Pope. When we talked inside about the, of itself. When we talked about that on the on the on the podcast, it, it talked. It was sort of about how cars were learning to handle and uh, re- relate to the behavior of human drivers. And mm-hmm. I realized a thing that we didn't get into on that was that what that could potentially mean is you could then. If the cars had recorded this personality and knew how to adapt to it, it also meant that the cars understood how to exhibit that personality, which meant to me that maybe actually the next possible step in in that would not be that cars would just be universally better at driving against people, but that you could charge a millionaire more to enable and unlock the aggressive douchebag uh, self-driving car personality. (laughs) (laughs) But that then starts leading to each person's car having driving habits that relate to their owners. Right. Which this then like gets into cars pets. being personified to be the yeah. person that they are. Like, it's really like, we're not that many steps out yeah. from cars learning how to drive like their owners and in response to other owners. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. I, I f- right. Like, instead of instead of all human driving behavior feeding into one sort of master neural network that just filters back out to all the cars, yeah, what if they are, in fact, like, being... <laughs> Tinted. Yeah, so this one likes to roll down its window and play music at the other cars. <laughs> <laughs> this car likes to chase that person and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I really enjoy that the person who's actually in charge of the Cars franchise is postulating this. That's yeah, as close yeah. to canon as you're going to possibly get. I know. There's I just know. guts I like in that there. Spent time <laughs> yeah. About it. yeah. It's also weird that it's a postulation on his part, <clears throat> as though this is like a real universe they're depicting. Like, well, I yeah. mean, this is just how it works. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is, we all know this is what happened. But if I had to take a guess, <laughs> I'm no scientist. No one's ever opened that door. Yeah, but, but probably I assume, the brain like, will spill eyeballs out. and brains would fall out of there. <laughs> what? <laughs> also, by the uh, way, that does, that has nothing to do with any previous shit he said. Like before that, it's like oh, they get so advanced. Autonomous cars really, get really advanced. Nobody opens they, it. They, they destroy humans, <laughs> adapt to their personalities to become and their then car grow eyeballs and brains. Grow biological eyeballs and brains. <laughs> the last human in there was not killed. It was in fact oh. injected with some horrible thing that made its eyes become huge and stick to the windshield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one consumed David Cronenberg and became the mechanic for the rest of all the cars. <laughs> also, it grew a mouth that could talk. Yeah. God, it's disgusting. The Cars universe is truly disgusting in so many ways. Anyway, we don't want anything falling out the sides, am I right? Gross. That's, you know, Pixar puts the outtakes at the end of their movies. <laughs> Oh, no. The credit sequence of like Cars Three hopefully has someone open up their door and then just go whoops Alex, <laughs> as just three other cars just I barf think, yeah. for like forty also, seconds. The way the, the ways are the eyes are represented. The eyes on the cars are it's classic, like a mono eye. They're classic cartoon. Well, mm. yeah, that they're it's like a big mono eye for one thing. Yeah, but they're also classic cartoon eyes in which they don't necessarily actually obey the law like laws of a sphere. You know, they sort of just like the shape molds mm. itself it's just two for emotional. Move around. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I value. see. What you mean. Yeah, and yeah. so when when I keep thinking of the door opening and that stuff flopping out, I just think of a big blobby white eyeball mess. It's not like a nice, perfect sphere. It's just a. It's wait. Like are a, you picturing it like? Squishy, yeah. So like yeah. it would sort of still like roll out. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like a balloon, like a water balloon. Yeah, like kinda. a horrifying slinky. Mm. 
Mm, but it would have to be an eyeball. What, is, yeah. what does that mean for the actual ride? Like the ride cars, are they just like lobotomized? Oh, gross. Yeah, those yeah, the, are convertibles. The, the, ride, the ride cars in, in, They're the, just lobotomized in the Disney theme park cars? in Disneyland, in California Adventure. Jesus, it took me like, let me refine this down. Yeah, yeah in Cars Land. Yeah, they're convertibles. So those cars, that's just- So I guess that's fine. Those cars are oh. fine? So, so the brain's just somewhere else? They have no brain. Oh, those, those are just cars. Just, those are just cars. Yeah, those are okay. just cars, but they have eyes. They have the eyes. But they don't. Do they talk? I mean, they must just be idiots. It's just. It's a hollowed out corpse. I don't think those cars talk. Yeah, I think you're actually driving hollowed out corpses. You're, I think you're, you're driving a corpse. They're yeah. sort of. They, <laughs> they're, they're, you're not. They're in the front are just sort of painted on. It's like the Game yeah. of Thrones, like stones over the over the mm. dead body with a picture of an eye on them, and then you drive them around for fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> Shall we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan writes, hey, Thumbs, I've been listening to shows for a while now, and I wanted to thank you for the great laughs, awesome community, and entertaining episodes. After Chris's NyQuil story in episode four and follow-up in episode 11, I wanted to share my own NyQuil story. I cannot take NyQuil when I have a fever. The first time I was home from college my freshman year, I had the flu with a high fever. I took a regular dose of NyQuil and quickly fell asleep. The next thing I remember, I found myself floating in a black expanse of space. Surrounding me in the space was a series of 3D Tetris pieces. All the pieces were quickly spinning around me, fracturing apart, similar to how movies show crystals breaking into shards. I was filled with a pure sense of dread, knowing with absolute certainty that I had to solve this puzzle or an atomic bomb would go off up the street at a stop sign near my childhood home. I would spend what felt like several hours floating around inside of this crystal and Tetris puzzle with controls that felt like 3D movement in old PC games trying to put the pieces back together. As I would continue to be unable to solve the puzzle, I would get increasingly stressed and panicked about the bomb going off. Eventually, I woke up, but much to my dismay, I could see the puzzle floating in my bedroom in front of me. (laughs) Terrified and certain that everyone I knew was going to be blown up because I'd failed the puzzle... I uh, stumbled my six foot three inch, 250 pound frame away out of my room, down the hall and into my parents' room. I burst in shouting, they're all going to die. It's my fault. The bomb, the stop sign. I was swearing, punching walls, crying in terror. My confused parents took an hour or so to calm me down and wake me from this NyQuil-induced terror. I spent the rest of the night being worried about the puzzle and slept off the rest of my fever and <coughs> dose of medicine. That was the first time I took NyQuil with a fever. And this is where it gets strange. I've had the same dream two additional times. Exactly the same dream, same puzzle, same control mechanism, same bomb, same post-dream hallucination. What? In each case, I fail to solve the puzzle, and I see the same crystal structure swirling around it. It has gotten to the point where my parents warned my wife the first time I got sick while married to never give me NyQuil if I have a fever. I find this dream and what it could mean to be fascinating, but I admit I'm a little freaked out by the consistency and vividness of the dream. That's my story and why I can never take NyQuil with a fever. Thanks for the show. All the best. Jordan. This is a dangerous truth, but apparently consuming NyQuil at inappropriate times unlocks true things about <laughs> existence. <laughs> oh, man, you're right. Yeah. So just take just NyQuil all the time. You'll discover your inner Jeff Goldblum or <laughs> the true, I actually don't know what the fuck that Tetris thing is. Yeah, there's some kind of definite true like universe happening. What you've got to do, actually, Jordan, is keep taking the NyQuil until you're able to- Oh, defuse like, the bomb master. and see what happens. Yeah, yeah eventually mm. you'll have done this enough that you'll, be the, you'll become <clears throat> the master of that 
domain. Like you'll be able to conquer. Learn how Eventually, to- you'll take Dayquil, and then you'll <laughs> forever be inside <laughs> right. of this of this yeah. universe. Yeah. Learn the basics of 3D computer game development and spend mm. your life making this. You'll discover that it's actually the most addicting game known to mankind and become a millionaire. But you yourself <laughs> will not be able to escape it uh, because, yeah. The most addictive <laughs> game ever, Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think you, have to, you have to really dive into this. <laughs> this so is just bad advice. Take a lot of NyQuil. Yeah. Well, no, I mean only when he has a fever. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, that's... Well, because otherwise he doesn't generate yeah, the... that's true. I mean, it's... I, I think the implication here is that when he takes NyQuil without a fever, this doesn't happen because... Mm. It, right? I mean, why else would... Yeah, lick I, a lot of surfaces and then take a lot of NyQuil. Chris is advocating the sort of thing that, like, a lot of X-Men movie villains advocate. Well, no, yeah. I'm just saying when I was getting those... The Jeff Goldblum uh, sort of expellations after taking NyQuil, I, I enjoyed it and wanted to... Have that it doesn't sound like he's more. enjoying this. It sounds like you're just trying to drive some sort of superhuman ability out of him uh, at <laughs> right, the cost of his like marriage and sanity and ability to sleep and think. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying that if he did this enough and got good enough at it, he probably would enjoy it. It's like when it's like when yeah. The problem right now. Uh, uh, Jordan, is that you're a big fucking loser at this game that you invented. <laughs> so, like, maybe you should practice up and actually get good at it. <laughs> Find people that have fevers and flus, stand Expose near them, and touch, to them. touch them yeah. and have them cough on you and stuff. Then take... <laughs> Take off-the-shelf medication for it aggressively until you get good at this bomb game. But you have to try, though. But You're you, the one advocating this, Chris. Well, yeah, but I mean... I'm, I'm, I'm just taking it to the logical conclusion. Right, but I mean, you have to, like, try and practice the game part. Yeah, but to do that, you've got to do all the things I said. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, when you're good at it, write us back. Yep. Please do not take our advice. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you guys about the dream I had about our podcast? I don't think so. Uh, so we all arrived, we were all arriving to the studio to do the podcast and we all sat down and then as we were about to start, Nick just sort of like confidently declared, well, I think we can all agree this has been a complete failure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I, then I woke up. And in sort of like a flop sweat, like a panicked, <laughs> like sweat. Yeah, that was and an hour from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you want to read these? Um, all right, we'll do one more uh, block of email here, and then we'll do some endorsements. Please, this is this is a few emails on a similar topic, so I'm gonna, just gonna gonna combine them, roll them all up. So Marco writes. I recently started listening to you guys along with two of your other fine podcasts after hearing you on the Bombcast. Oh, nice. I started, yeah, that's cool. I started with episode nine and enjoyed it so much, I went back and listened to the very first episode. Uh, have been listening since then. That said, I don't know if you've corrected yourselves or not, but in episode eight, A Bug's Life is a real movie by Pixar and was released in 1998. Ants is also real, but by DreamWorks and also released in 1998. Well, I'm enjoying the content. Thanks, Marco. Okay. Mm. Um, Andrew Howe writes, you know that A Bug's Life was a real movie, right? From Disney? Even had a shitty PS1 game. Peter Levitt writes, I couldn't tell if you were joking, but A Bug's Life is a real movie. Uh, from Disney Pixar. It has an N64 game. Uh, I don't really get these yeah. emails, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah. Don't really have anything to say about it. Yeah. I don't think A Bug's Life is real, though. You guys want to do some endorsements? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jake, what do you have? Well, Chris, it's funny that you ask what I have, because what I have is a shill for our own content. (laughs) (laughs) Important if true, the podcast. No, um... The new season of the TV show Twin Peaks is Mm -hmm. starting up in just a couple weeks. And the thing that I endorse is the most self-aggrandizing garbage endorsement of all time. But whatever. I endorse Twin Peaks Rewatch, a podcast that Mm. you and I did a couple years ago now. Um, I feel like I'm slightly allowed to endorse it because I literally just this morning finished re-listening to all 32 episodes of that podcast (laughs) that you and I did. Twin Peaks Rewatch is a podcast uh, where Chris and I watched the entire season or the entire series of Twin Peaks one episode at a time, one week at a time, and just talked about our thoughts on it and read a bunch of reader mail. And um, I (laughs) re-listened to the entire thing to catch myself up for the new season that's starting up. But we're also bringing the podcast back for season three so if you like Twin Peaks um, or think you might like Twin Peaks and well, you I'm start gonna, watching it yeah, I'm gonna hij- it. I'm gonna hijack that endorsement and endorse Twin Peaks seasons one and two of You're, the actual television that's show that's cheating no that's not my real endorsement oh but yeah also just, you should <clears throat> Twin Peaks is a great show it has some so, a soggy midsection but it's totally totally worth watching it's a unique mm-hmm. interesting show who knows what the new season will be like but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the, there's some really great, unique stuff in the first two, two seasons of Twin Peaks. And if you do watch them, check out our podcast and let us know what you think of that, too. Um, that was a really fun podcast to record. Yeah, I had, I had a ton of fun. You can find that at TwinPeaksRewatch.com or just search for Twin Peaks Rewatch on wherever you do have podcasts. Yep. I am going to endorse uh, Photic Sneezing. <laughs> do you guys know what Photic Sneezing is? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Chris. Are you guys, are either of you guys photic sneezers? No. I don't know. I don't believe that. You're I'm not? Photo. Neither no. of you are? Oh, no. my God. Well, <clears throat> I don't know how useful this endorsement is because I don't know if this is a trait that you can, like, acquire. So if you looked up? No, it has to be this. Okay, so they're looking up at a light right now. It's actually sunlight. So the way this works, if you are a person with this thing, which I am, I, I count myself lucky to say... Um, <laughs> If you have like the slightest <laughs> inkling of a sneeze coming on, which I don't know how you guys feel, but I love sneezing. Oh, I, find I hate it. You hate sneezing? Oh, I hate sneezing. Oh, I love it's it. It's my least favorite. It feels like dying. Wow. Oh, I hate it. I find it like cathartic. It's like oh, it's like physical catharsis. Oh no. I feel so like relieved and de-stressed after I sneeze. Oh, weird. Yeah, I love it. And so as a because I have photic sneezing, which I only learned the name of a couple <laughs> a couple years ago despite like being aware of it the process my whole life. If you have any tiny little inkling of a sneeze coming on and you then expose your eyes to sunlight, I mean, don't look directly in the sun obviously ever, but just, you know, let some direct sunlight Triggle on like will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it will encourage <laughs> your sneeze. Uh, if you're predisposed to this, and like bl- the, your sneeze will flower, what is the what is the medical reason behind this? Because I had always thought that that was bullshit, know. and that it was actually oh, just that people. I had always thought that it was not related to the sun specifically, but it was related to the fact that people were just looking up, and it was adjusting sort of the air nasal configuration in you know, your head, and I it have, has nothing to do with the fact that the I sun have, is up. I, I often doubt 
the existence of photic sneezing for that exact reason. I'm like, it's got to be a thing where it's the angle or maybe it's light. But it doesn't have to be sunlight. I don't know. Maybe like there's got to be some element of this that is bullshit. But I swear to God, like I feel so like, like I've tested so this. So it's like sunset. You can photic sneeze by looking straight ahead. It's or is it uh, only conveniently when the sun is at an angle that requires you to tip your head up? I feel like it has to be bright. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. I'm a I'm a you're photic a photic sneeze sneezing, sneezing skeptic. Skeptic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I'm at this point. I've I've put myself through photic sneezing skepticism, and I I've come out on the other side. I'm pretty sure it's a real thing. Yeah. Um. And I and I I really love it. I mean, maybe I'm happy th- for you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I, w- I would endorse if you um, – and also part of it is like cultivation. So maybe maybe it, maybe it isn't uh, as much of a real – It's genetic, <laughs> actually. I'm reading about it right now. Is it genetic? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I definitely have found that I've gotten better at using it. So we've discovered – So my endorsement is if you already feel like you have a predilection towards sneezing oh, when man. encountering sunlight, uh, you can practice it and get better at it. <laughs> so – and we've, it is if you enjoy sneezing. We've identified two subpar trash X Men on this episode <laughs> yeah. of Important of True. Yeah. Guy who takes Nyquil when sick and plays 3D Tetris in his dream <laughs> consistently, and photic sneezers. <laughs> you guys are both hanging out at Doctor Xavier's school, uh, where you're just like looking at the sun when sneezing until you're like, I think I'm getting better at sneezing. Oh, it's and so the good. other guy's like, I might be able to beat this Tetris game, but I just need <laughs> to drink more. Cough syrup. <laughs> yeah, that guy's going to unlock some kind of alternate dimension and no. gonna have to fight a battle. I'm just going to be really satisfied because I'll get my sneeze out of my head. Well, <laughs> get yeah. your sneeze out of your I head. mean, it feels so nice to like. It's not in, there's nothing in there, though. There's not a after sneeze. You sneeze. <laughs> yeah, but you don't, you can repress it. I repress oh, it. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, I love that. Oh my god. I feel oh, like yeah. when I when I win I hate this. <laughs> when I beat it down, I'm so Oh relieved. no, that, I'm like, oh, oh thank god I didn't you're sneeze. You're stressing me out oh. right now. Oh. oh. All right, Nick, what are you what, what are you endorsing? Nick's guy endorse not sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to endorse poop spray, Chris. Oh my what? god. <laughs> what? What is poop spray? It's poopery. Disgusting. Oh. Poopery. Oh, we have that in the office. You like have in this office. Which I noticed You're here poo for spray? the listen, <laughs> Nick. I've, Nick, Chris asked me to endorse a product. This is a product that I recently purchased. It works. I'm endorsing it. Well, I didn't ask you to endorse a product. I just said that if you did, I was going to endorse photic sneezing. Oh, poo spray. Well, listen. If you like you know this what? podcast, Fine. if you like you this podcast, no, 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 friend. no, wait, 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 wait. So you actually use that in your home? I do. I don't. Okay, I. Neither do I. <laughs> I don't really ever remember to use it in the office either, honestly. I just it, look it, at it and go, it's called poopery. It works really well. Okay. And it I I do not like smells in the bathroom. That's fair. I enough. find that I most mean, I think pretty most fair. air fresheners I find are uh offensive. That you can tell that they're like sort of chemical, chemically yeah, chemically yeah. based and everything. This stuff actually really works and it's it leaves a very pleasant, almost like vanilla. Hmm. Smell in, yeah. in your bathroom, yeah. and I I endorse it. I despise it. their online advertising. I haven't seen it. Oh my god, they have they run Chris ads once on, clicked on poopery, and now it's everywhere. They run ads oh. on YouTube, and it's I I oh. absolutely I'm not going to even bother describing them. I hate them. Um, huh. But well. but no, but I, that's I'll, I'll you know what now that you've endorsed this, I'm going to remember to spray it. Will you spray it in the water? 
before ah, you do anything. Interesting. I think what it's doing is essentially attaching to the molecules like, down um, there and then vaccinating the water. It's yeah, like a basically. poo neutralizer. A yeah. Poo neutralizer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, if against all odds you enjoy this podcast, <laughs> please uh, please tell a friend. You can send us email, ask us questions, questions at importantiftrue.com. Our website is importantiftrue.com. Our Twitter is importantcast. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash importantiftrue. And uh, I guess that's it. You know what, Chris? That was absolutely terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God that was chambered and ready to go. (laughs) All right. Well, we will be – I mean, I'm not going to – this isn't an ironclad guarantee, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna be back next week. Um, Fridal thumbs. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Reckon. and I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. does remind me of com.com though which was cnet for a while i think because everything oh, was yeah. like <laughs> you know downloads.com.com it doesn't it's not them anymore anyway wow they they just gave it up yeah that's in, that's kind of incredible we should start a kickstarter to, to buy, buy com.com com. oh man and then the stretch goal if you get like three times what you ask is like we'll just redirect it to cnet <laughs> <laughs> i want to find an oral history of com.com we could make it right now. I can't. There's no information on it. If you search for com.com, it's not, It's there's not like. <sighs> Whatever. In 1997, Travis CNET found that com.com was available <laughs> and bought it to extend his CNET brand. <laughs> he later sold it to com.com incorporated. <laughs> his full name is Travis C. Netsworth. <laughs> <laughs> What if Important If True was actually a podcast designed to torture people? (laughs) This is absolutely surreal. (laughs) What if we just released this with some bad music in the background? Yeah, yeah, like, then the military would use it to torture people. (laughs) Maybe if I just say the date confidently, a podcast will come out. Maybe.